Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Welcome to another episode of Career Talk with OG. Today, uh, I will be talking with Oscar Garcia and um, Adam Helway. I will be hosting for today. My name is Philip Tran. I am an entrepreneur and I also teach at colleges and universities. So, hello, uh, Adam, how are you today? I am doing good now that I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> Adam is uh, the CEO and founder of Secret Sushi, a uh, marketing uh, agency. And everyone knows Oscar, he's a co-founder and a proprietor of uh, Aspira Consulting. Yes. Thank you, Philip. By the way, thank you for uh, agreeing to uh, moderate this conversation. Adam, my buddy, it is a pleasure to see you again. We haven't seen each other. I know prior to going live right now, we were trying to think back of when we uh, first met, but I think it was whatever, back in 2012, 11 or 12, you did a kick butt job uh, as one of our speakers when I worked at the chamber uh, for our social media summit. So uh, uh, I love it. The fact that now we're going to uh, do this uh, uh, session uh, together. Comes full circle. And it's we've been talking an awful lot this year, funny enough, but we just haven't been able to see That's each other right. in person, right? So That's right. So 2020 has been a memorable year. It's not even over yet. <laughs> It's not, that's the thing. it's not even over yet. So there's even more to come. Um, memorable, obviously, because of COVID and, you know, the election, but that's another story. So today we'll be talking about some of the biggest business lessons learned from uh, during the pandemic and how it has impacted Oscar's business and how it has impacted Adam's business. Uh, the impact of COVID is not negative for all companies. If you if you don't believe me, check Amazon stock, <laughs> see how they're doing. If you're not if you don't believe me, see how DoorDash is doing. Um, so it's 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 an opportunity for some companies, but it's been a negative opportunity, uh, negative uh, experience for other companies. And so we'll so Oscar and Adam will be sharing uh, their stories. Um, just to give a bit of background, in case this is the, your first uh, career talk with OG, um, Oscar, would you mind telling me a little bit of background about uh, Spirit sure. Consulting and why you started and what you do? Yeah, no, definitely. And be, you know, before we do that, two things. Um, Adam, if you can go onto uh, your, uh, if you have LinkedIn on your mobile device, you should see an alert from me that says LinkedIn Live. Reshare that notification with your network, and that awesome. will increase the chances of more people uh, seeing it. Okay. And then uh, the second thing is, is that we do have also uh, Angelica. She's the cultural engagement officer at Aspida Consulting. She's also AKA my daughter. If you can't tell, I got her looks. So uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, she's gonna be also sharing some of her thoughts here, some of the business lessons that we learned. But Philip, to answer your question, so Aspita Consulting, we are a uh, training and consulting company started five years ago, uh, just with the idea that really quite frankly, I wanted to venture out on my own started doing some consulting work. In fact, uh, I did a one-year uh, consulting contract gig at LinkedIn. And I guess 
you know, looking back, I'm like, I guess LinkedIn was really my first customer client, you know, that, that's consulting work that I did. And then from there, after I left LinkedIn, started doing some training in the area of LinkedIn, professional branding and networking. And uh, been fortunate enough to now with the help of uh, Angelica, been able to do some training in training in five continents. And how many people have you trained so far? Oh my gosh, over, over 12,000 easily. Yes. And I can say that uh, hundreds of my students have been trained by Oscar as well too. Um, I started teaching three years ago and ever since the first class I, I taught, Oscar has graciously uh, spent his time and, and, and uh, come to my classroom to impart his knowledge on my students. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. No, Thank you, sir. Of course, of course. And Adam, switching to you, Secret Sushi. What, yeah. Uh, you've, been, you, you've had this company for a while. What, what gave you the idea to start this company and what is it that you do as a marketing consultant? Uh, so initially it was honestly, uh, trying to apply for the first time in a while between jobs. It was my first time ever that I was between jobs looking for something. And a couple friends said, uh, cause my background at the, at the time was in design in, in the creative field. And they said, let's go ahead and, and, uh, start a freelance, you know, design company. And I said, sure, let's all do it. And then nobody did anything. And then I did. And it ended up growing from there where uh, uh, I think it would have been a, you know, it would have had partners and all that stuff in the sense of all of them starting the company with me. And it probably would have been a quite a different beast, but uh, they didn't necessarily take action at the time. And I went another direction and did and eventually um, started the company and, and uh, kept on plugging away for a long, long time. And, and, and it was partially also a, um, a, a mechanism for if folks aren't going to give me a job on paper, this was 14 years ago, right? If folks aren't going to give me a job on paper because I'm sending in a resume and they don't really care for what they see there or I'm not qualified, I'm reaching a little bit farther than it seems at least again, how I look on paper, uh, I should be, be able to be qualified for. Uh, let me go ahead and start selling and start doing the work and seeing, okay, can I start a business doing this? And in worst case scenario, if it, if it fails in a year or two years or even six months, maybe I'll get a little bit more experience that will allow me to now go back and share some more recent experience with these um, you know, recruiters and, and, and departments that we're hiring. And again, 14 years later, I sure got a lot more experience, uh, but I'm not looking for a job any time, you know, soon. So that was really the, the first initial inspiration around it. You know, that's a true entrepreneurial mindset. Um, if uh, in life, as we all know, that sometimes the opportunities don't come to you, you actually have to grab those opportunities by the horn and just take control of it. And I love hearing that story. Uh, I actually know the answer to this question, but I'll ask you anyways, how has 2020 affected you, Adam? Um, it's been scary. I've been thankful that it's not been as scary as or or impactful in a negative way as unfortunately it has been for a lot of other people. Um, but it's been it's been redefining in the sense that nothing makes you like shuffle your priorities around and also dig into like figure out who you are values and 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 uh, uh, what what matters most in your business, not only in your in your life than having every single person be affected by something like this. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, just the smallest thing from us 
as a team discussing how we were going to make more time in, in 2020 for me to be able to do what I did when I started my business, which was networking and going out and meeting people and uh, reconnecting with folks and connecting with new folks. And then suddenly not being able to do that, at least in, in real life. Um, once, once, you know, we hit March of, of, of 2020. So it, it really flipped a lot of things on its head and made us quickly made me quickly have to figure out how to reprioritize things and I almost planned for the worst case scenario. I don't, I don't know if I'd say I was planning for exactly the worst case scenario, which technically would be that the business, I, I think the worst case scenario I was planning for was what happens if I don't have the fun, if I don't have funds coming in for an extended period of time, right? Three, three months, six months, or even more when I've never had that happen so far in the 14 years of the business. Speaking of funds, you were telling, I, I, the last time we talked, you said that 2020 was going to be the highest grossing revenue year for you. Is that true? Uh, it would have been if it wasn't for the pandemic, but it was, it, but it ended up being, it ended up being good still. It ended up being great. We ended up, um, interestingly enough, I think companies that we were working with who we loved working with, but eventually either due to, due to COVID decided to do things differently suddenly, um, or eventually we're aging out. Most of our clients stick with us, you know, it, it usually three years plus. Um, and so we had a couple of clients that had been with us for quite some time and they, they built up what they needed to internally. And honestly, it was, I think probably February when they were already letting me know that they were going to, uh, uh, let us go on a good note. But, um, there was enough of this turnover where now we're in this place where not only is the business quite a different beast because of COVID and the pandemic, but our client makeup is very different and in a way better. I don't want to discount any of our previous clients. It's, it's, it just feels better. That's what always happens when there's sort of this changing of, of the, of the, of the guard of your clients, there's always going to be turnover. And initially it feels like, Oh no, I'm losing a client. But really what ended up happening is they made more space yeah. for, for new clients to come at us from our new current mindset and um, it's, it's better than it, than it was even before. Oh, well, that's great to hear. That's another example of how, uh, the pandemic actually has helped some companies like secret sushi. And what about for us spirit consulting, Oscar? Yeah. You know, um, I love Adam. Uh, I, I agree with, uh, also Adam about 2020 being scary. Um, certainly was, uh, has been for us as well, especially in the beginning. It's also been a year of playing, defense and offense mm. because defense i mean no one was prepared for what happened uh i was planning to do a lot more traveling internationally as i did last year in 2020 and all of a sudden march 16th march 17th when we went into shelter in place it's like people you know i had some clients that are like okay well, you know we're gonna postpone the training and like many people I, I had hopes that yeah you know i'm gonna go back maybe in a week or two and all of a sudden, you know, April comes around and end of April and I'm like, crap, there is like no revenue coming in, you know, from a training standpoint. And so I got punched in the gut, in the, you know, what on the, in the face everywhere. And so, you know, you take that hit, that defense. Right. But then, and to our point, cause all three of us, you know, all four of us are entrepreneurs. It's like, you got to get back up. You got tackled and it hurts in your pain. 
I, I don't give a rip, man. If I'm limping, I'm going to get back up and get on that offense again, even if I move the ball just half an inch. It's forward progress. It's, I, I think it's so fitting that you use that metaphor, offense and defense, because um, there was this great podcast by uh, with Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb. And, you know, Airbnb, I mean, yes. they're, you know, the business they're in, and you would think they're getting hammered by by COVID. And he says, you know what, we can either play defense or we can play offense and look at how they, you know, how they IPO this week. Yes. So that's a great example. Um, what was also, what was your first impression when shelter in place was imposed in the area uh, back in March? Yeah, I, so I was in, I was in shock and I was, because a month prior, uh, my brother got the crazy idea that he wanted to celebrate his birthday in Mexico. And so some of us, you know, family members flew out there. And I remember um, walking um, in the international terminal at LAX and looking at a flight that was boarding Japan Airlines and everyone was wearing masks. And I had heard of COVID, but to me, COVID sounded like when you, we hear a tsunami or an earthquake happen in another foreign country, we're like, obviously we feel bad, but it's like, you know, you just kind of- Over there. On. Yeah. It's over know, there. You move on with your life. Yeah. And, and so- so yeah, a month later, you know, I was just shocked. And the other thing too is, is that it was one of those situations where I, I just, I just kind of operated uh, on just sort of like we just got to do something, stay in front of people. And um, that week of the sixteenth, March sixteenth, I think it was a Thursday. Um, we, we did our, our first webinar Friday. We did another one. I remember early on talking to Adam too, a lot about, Hey, what's going on? Some ideas and this and that, because remember, I mean, Adam is the man for social media. Okay. He was the guy that I reached out to a long time ago. We've been connected on LinkedIn. I see all the amazing work that he's doing. And so like, I needed to reach out to guys like Adam that knew what the heck they were talking about, you know? Right. And, uh, so that was kind of the initial in the beginning i want to riff off of a little bit also the uh the offense defense thing real quick because it, it made me really think about uh when when things first started um i definitely said hey this is not really this is not going to affect me very much because i already for instance i work remotely most of what i do is remote it's not the same as uh, again, unfortunately, a lot of folks who, who are having to like go into the job, that's just the way it has to be. And and I realized that we had some choices to be um, it, it, like at first it felt a little like, OK, cool, we can sit back and we can just keep doing business. And then I realized, like, again, that to me was was not neither offense or defense. It was kind of inaction in what was happening. And so in in a, a couple things was is from a defense standpoint, it was planning just in case so still even though it may not have been hitting at first what was the defensive maneuver we're going to do to make sure that let's say again that the 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 business dries up or gets below a certain point what are we going to do are we also going to have some level of faith that if we for instance don't entirely um focus on sales for a period of time because that just is not going to happen at the moment um, it's too fresh in everybody's mind. What could we do instead to make sure that when we came out of this, hopefully, right, uh, that we were in a better position for some reason? Because the the, the non renewable resource that suddenly we we um, we recover from this scenario is time. So there's still going to be time available 
we're just not using it on clients if if that falls away, if, if something happens to that. So we started actually investing into who we were personally and who the company was, like how what we were representing, what content we were putting out. Like we invested more into ourselves so that that way when we came out or down the line again, similar to what I did when I first started my, biz my, my, my business from a bedroom in my family's house to, to, uh, to now, figuring that at worst case, let me get myself some experience here in doing something. In this case, it was how do I position myself so when we come out, we're not only surviving, but we're, we have a much larger presence than we did before. And then on the flip side, on the offense side, I realized that how people were doing what I've called ruthless reprioritization of, of, of whatever was going on in their lives. So there were people that worked at companies, some of the first to go, not only, but some of the first to go, or at least the first to be put on the chopping block were folks that hadn't probably been producing in many cases for a long time. And again, that's not entirely the case overall. I'm not saying anybody who's lost their job, that's been the case. But I know that there were more serious conversations happening about people or vendors or things that were on in going on in people's lives that were just weighing them down. They were not being as productive as they could. And so um, that was happening a lot where some of our clients, I knew that in the end, the, the, the relationships that would be stronger outside of the pandemic would be the ones where when if you had something to help, if you had something to provide, if you had some way of helping some of these folks who had issues with their business because of the pandemic, that that was an investment into a relationship. It didn't mean it was going to turn into a sale per se, but that when you had the power to be in the position we were in where things were not as bad, they, they were certainly flipped on their head. But we knew so many people who just didn't know what to do. And, and not only did they not know what to do, but they may have been now suddenly going from that one job they just lost trying to figure out what to do next, whether it was selling something on Etsy or going and joining up with somebody else or finally starting a consulting company because they didn't do that before. And now they had the time to do it. And so I tried personally my offensive move here or per se, maybe this isn't considered you know offense, not offensive, uh, is that I is that I reached out to people in my network and I, I made it available to people who weren't even in my network, but maybe connected to other folks to help them, to give them office hours, to volunteer my time, because it was something that I had that I could help. Thankfully, because I do marketing, I could help other people tap into how they could connect with additional customers to make up for them losing customers or, or, or market themselves better because now they're suddenly an entrepreneur when before they were an employee and and now they're trying to figure out what to do. So anyways, it, I felt that was what triggered me when I when I was when I was thinking about what Oscar was mentioning in offense and defense. Um, I can tell you that I was a recipient of uh, Adam's uh, generosity because he was a he was also uh, a guest speaker in my class for my students as well, too. So I'm glad that you took the time. That was to... good for me, man. That was fun for me. It was, oh, geez, that wasn't for you. Bad. That was for me. <laughs> 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 it's not you it's me um so oscar your business you, you normally do your coaching and your your trainings in person yeah did you what type of obviously once everything removed uh moved uh online and uh remotely did you have to pivot your business at all oh my gosh big time it's yeah 180 and um See, here's the thing that sometimes people don't understand. People, as far as public speaking or training, is we have this just general perception that 
um, someone that public speak uh, is good in any medium, right? And at least for me personally, that wasn't the case. One, it's taken me a long time to get out of my shell and so forth. But the other thing too is there is a difference between feeding off the energy of people when you're live versus speaking to a little camera and then on zoom the majority and i don't know uh, you know adam or you know you feel because you also do some of the online training but most of the time people have their cameras turned off and so so now you're just looking at these little black squares and i joke with angelica and other you know family members that I've done so many of these that literally today I can just go up to the wall and just give my <laughs> talk to the wall with the same level of energy and enthusiasm because I've had to change it. And, and the one last thing that I want to say about this, you actually, Philip, you motivated me. I'm, I'm negatively motivated. Okay. I'm negatively motivated. I remember you attended the very first webinar that I did on that Thursday. And afterwards you call me, you, you, you text me this time. You just called me directly and you, you asked me like, Hey dude, how do you think you did? And I knew I didn't do well. And yeah, and you're, you didn't quite say it like this, but basically you told me, dude, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, All right. Thanks. Well, no, you're, you're actually motivating me. You're motivating me. So, uh, yeah, big time pivot to online. No. Yeah, I don't remember saying you suck, but I've seen I, I, I've seen you perform. That's why. And uh, and and uh, and yeah. So, uh, what about you, Adam? Did you have to pivot your business at all? Um, I'm trying to think of if anything that I did qualified as a as a pivot. Um, I don't think that I I don't think that I necessarily pivoted. I think I uh, there were some elements of. You know, it's like sticking a, a blade that you just forged into the water and or, you know, that hot oil, whatever it is, and it just kind of hardens it up and makes it more, you know, durable. We, 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 we didn't pivot as much as like I invested. I mean, thankfully, just like some other folks out there, we got some additional funds and those additional funds, thankfully, at, at this point, wouldn't have necessarily kept us from sinking like we would have survived this year. But it did give it, it's the first time ever that I've that I've borrowed money in the sense that it's a business loan, right? From the EIDL. Um, and that money allowed me to make bigger investments than I would have previously um, into the business. So we have like refined our project management. There were, uh, our team has, has grown actually this year more than any other time. And, and there's been much more investment to even like the culture in within the business um, because it didn't, you know, over the last few years, I realized how many folks like anybody who works with you technically has a choice. They have a choice to work with you. They have a choice, especially folks that are working as contractors have a choice to work with anybody that they want. They could they could say no at some point and just, you know, uh, choose somebody else to do business with or or to to, uh, you know, one of their other contract folks that they're working with, maybe to, to do more projects to fill any any gap. If they don't want to work with you, if they don't enjoy it, if you're not treating them well, all that sort of stuff, it, it just, um, they have other choices. And so the differentiator for, especially for business owners, got to be relationships that you have with just the same as it is with your own customers, right? Or it is with your your partners and, and other folks that you uh, that you work with. Um, and and I, and I really invested a lot more into that this year and found a couple folks who essentially came up and, and jumped ship from their previous employer 
in order to come dedicate more time to us because specifically of how they were treated, the opportunities they had. So those were things I never got to test before and somehow I got to test it now. Maybe part of that ruthless you know, reprioritization of their own priorities in their lives. Um, and that has allowed, that's allowed us along with, with those funds and stuff to invest in people and processes so that we can be even better positioned again for, for the next year. So I, I don't think it's a pivot. I just think it just became a reprioritization on things that helped us be more um, uh, sort of hardened and ready for, for um, growing uh, in, the, in the near future. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, as business owners, trying new things is how you grow. And I mean, forget business owners, it's just as human beings, you know, and uh, um, I, I think that's a, I think that's a very prudent strategy that you used, uh, taking that time and, and making the use of the resources that are available to you by the government. I mean, that's why they gave up those loans is for small businesses like ours. So yes. it, that's, I think that's federal work in action there. Um, just to switch gears from COVID and shelter in place is so depressing. <laughs> but, but just more of a general question, Oscar. What, what, and I'll ask you the same question as well, too, Adam. Um, Oscar, so what are the three biggest challenges you had to face, and how did you overcome those challenges? Yeah, no, that's true. And you know what? I actually, I want to give Angelica the opportunity to answer that the, this this question. And I'm kind of catching her off guard. Look, just look at she's leaning up the wall now. She's like, oh man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, Angelic, what share share with folks from your perspective? What are some of the three challenges that uh, either yourself or just that you've seen that we've overcome? Well, yeah, I mean, I remember you calling me on March 16th and being like, "Well, it looks like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be home for a while." And I was like, "Great, like a week, I get a vacation, like." No problem. We can go a week without work and look, we're here nine months later. But I honestly, I think the first biggest, uh, and it goes back to just the previous question, the whole pivot. We had our online content at the time was zilch. Like we have the Aspida Consulting website um, and that was it. And I'm, once we knew that this was going to be, you know, our reality for quite a while, there was a time where like, okay, well, not only do we need to start producing online content, uh, we need the tools to do that. We need to learn how to do that. We need to and find people, how be able to, you know, get the word out to people who maybe before this, before the pandemic, weren't so techy, you know, make it so that it's presentable enough that the average Joe can access our content. And so there's a lot of thought that went into that. So I definitely think pivoting to more online was one of the, was one challenge. Um, a second challenge, uh, I definitely think it would be coming up with content, not necessarily knowing what the result of that content would be or the reactions of people. Honestly, what Philip said before, you know, growing as human beings and even as someone who owns a business, having to try new things and really knowing that the risk of it not working was going to be pretty big, uh, but taking that risk nonetheless, because I mean, we had no other options. So, you know, trying new, trying new things and not knowing what's going to happen. And then the third uh, biggest challenge I think was also we 
both you and I are very ambitious. And so not only did we want 2020, Tina, we wanted to survive 2020, but I think secretly we both really still wanted to thrive. We wanted 2020, to st we still wanted to kick ass in 2020. And so make that required us making new connections and making new connections with not having ever met more than half of these people face to face and so how do you make connections with people when you've never even like set foot on the same continent or the same country as them and so being able to that to do that and make connections virtually was another challenge but you know something we enjoyed go ahead Adam. no I, I just wanted to give you guys kudos because uh, i i gotta tell you uh oscar's been an inspiration for me and and knowing that you're behind the scenes means it's it's definitely you um, oscar's just you know he's the pretty face and and the one you know putting his photos out there you're the one really pulling the strings and making it happen i know i can tell uh and, and but but just um i had a conversation with oscar a long time about it because even myself personally i don't uh through my content i always have a problem there's a, there's the two sides of the coin one is is um, I don't like to toot my horn too too much past a certain level, and and there's a way to do it. There's there's just a way to do it. It just has to kind of you kind of have to make it happen and get used to it a while and find your groove. And then the second is um, that there's also the issue with not realizing what others don't know that you know, and mm -hmm. and and so it becomes almost second you know this this thing where like everybody knows this why am i going to go ahead and share this you know th this information and so i asked uh, what well, was one of the first things that i think i had a conversation with oscar about we had a phone call about because oscar uh, at this time again you guys were were producing much better content um not just much better i mean i don't even know what, what it was before but i just was noticing it and i was engaging with it and and that content one of the things that you guys do really really well is that that content when you talk about building relationships and building trust with individuals that you've not, there's few be better ways to do it than be as vulnerable and honest as you guys are with your content. I know about I know about Oscar where he came from. I know about his mother and his father. I know about the things that matter to him. I know about his family. I know about his uh some of his professional and personal insecurities that go into how he reflect like i know a lot more about oscar now having connected with him on linkedin of all places i just realized i think today like we're not even connected on like facebook for instance i know more about him being connected on linkedin you know than i do most people and i and i think there's a comfort level that folks have to get comfortable with to get to that point. But I think if anybody does even ha half as much in regards to telling that story and connecting with folks as you guys have done, they will find their um, those relationships, you know, thriving and, and growing in, in a big in a big way. So kudos to you guys for that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought up the point about you showing your vulnerability and showing your personal side. And I talk about that actually in my marketing classes as well, too. Uh, for example, do you guys know about the Vaporfly Nike shoes, no. the running shoes? So these, sh do you yeah. Know so these shoes, are you talking about the uh, the the whole the 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 the, 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 the record times and that sort of thing? Yeah. So there's Nike's got this shoe. I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. So Nike has this shoe called the Vaporfly, and and marathoners who are wearing them are like just breaking all these records. And someone ran a a, a marathon in under two hours in these shoes. Oh my god. And so, but my point is this. When's the last time you've seen a billboard that talked about uh, about these vaporfly shoes? 
uh, benefits, features. No, you see, you see a picture of a quarterback who doesn't even play anymore. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> why does that? Why, why does that work? That works because they're they're trying to evoke some emotions. Yes. And when and when you, when you are putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable, and people can identify with that. You're evoking emotions, and that's how you're making that connection. So, some when some people say that, when some people say that, well, it's 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 out in public. I don't feel comfortable, and that's fine. You don't have to feel comfortable, but in any way you can, if you're looking to draw people into your brand or what you're doing, it's it's the the name of the game is really evoking that emotion. And I think you pinpoint what works for you, and that's just being authentic, just being yourself. And I've known you long enough to know that. Yes. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. It is. You know it. And, and it's a process. It's a process, just like the journey of entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, it's a process uh, of learning, of feeling comfortable. Um, and um, I mean, I, I, I've been on LinkedIn, I, I don't know, now I think it's probably 12, 14 years. And the longest time I did what most people do and just kind of just let it sit there. And then I started sharing content, which was articles and then now you know i do what, what i do so no definitely and but i want to oh i see my uh, friend Kristen. thank you Kristen. and again uh congratulations on on your new job i remember you and i talking about uh you looking to get back into uh sales so congratulations uh on your new job great uh so interesting yeah uh so getting back, getting back to getting back to the question about your three uh, three challenges, Adam. What what three challenges have you faced, and how did you overcome those? Uh, you know, I should have spent the entire last ten minutes thinking of what my three challenges were. Actually, um, uh, but but I'm but sure uh, you've had more than three, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean so, being, being an entrepreneur, I mean, you yeah. you probably face three challenges every day. <laughs> well. So, so I think let, let me share, you know, speaking of like vulnerability and stuff here. So I still, um, th there, you know, again, I have more human beings working with me than I ever have had before right now, like more, more teammates and contractors and partners and everything right now. And so I, I would say that one of the, the largest challenges is facing the new leader I need to be. So, um, when you start as an entrepreneur initially, you don't think of needing to be a leader when you first start. You think of needing to make money and make a living and and start to build, you know, something. And then eventually there are new things that pop up. Suddenly, like HR related stuff becomes an issue where you're onboarding folks and you're trying to make sure all that stuff is, is all taken care of and your finance stuff is, is taken care of properly. You know, at first you're like using QuickBooks, doing it all by yourself and it's not a big deal. You go to tax person once a year and then suddenly you realize, oh no, you, you just, you can't do this any longer. Uh, you, you've got to have support and, and help. Uh, those are like operational things, but even beyond that, it's um, somebody in in the business has to lead and i and i don't mean somebody in the business has to be the boss that's different and that's that's less appealing somebody has to lead and take people in a particular direction because ultimately it's your business so you risk the most 
from the business not going in the direction that you want it to go. So uh, uh, being able to step up and be that leader that I didn't know I initially needed to be, or at this point needed, you know, that needed needs to sort of change was, was really, really tough. I think a lot of people probably got tested in that same way where suddenly this is going down and they're like, I got to make harder decisions than I've ever had to make in the past because of, of the pandemic. Right. Um, and, and, and so you have to step up, you got to get past those mental, emotional, um, logistical, uh, whatever it is, stuff, intellectual, I mean, just what you know and don't know. And suddenly you need to now know new things because you need to be equipped to, to survive and take care of things. So I think that was, that was one of the largest, one of the largest things, um, the, the other was, I think making sure that I was more focused on, uh, I was focused on the right thing because you feel like you want to be focused on sales in a time where you all already have some sales that are supporting you. And quite honestly, it's not best time to start, try to sell people, you know, now it's a little bit different depending on what industry you're in, but at the moment, it's not the best time to sell people. It's, time, it's the best time to, I think I saw somebody in the quotes uh, in the comments say this, and I agree hundred percent to serve people. Serving doesn't mean it's always about making money when you're doing it. So it's, it's, it was a good time to serve people, to check and make sure that everybody was, was okay. And to focus on internally, like I believe we tried to do, which was build um ourselves out so that when things got better they were better but 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 not in doing so in with an inaction waiting for things to change on the outside but but being more proactive in deciding if we have this non-renewable resource which was always so hard when everybody said we're so busy we don't have any time to do this we're so busy we don't have any time to do that well suddenly we had more time and i could spend that time trying again to sell people that that were figuring things out on their own and freaking out and, and going through the same thing as me, or I could spend that on things that would help build the business because sales helps build the business to some extent, but with that comes the need to continue to serve those clients, which means suddenly you, again, you're just focused on that sort of kind of short-term thing versus on the long-term stuff. So I think for me, it's all that it, it's, it's this, this, that, that leadership element in my head and, prioritizing the right things in a time where um, everything was different for everyone all at the same time. Um, so since I went a little long winded, I'm, I'm not going to give you a third because I don't even know if I, I'm sure I could pull one out of my ear someplace. But but I'm, I think those were like the global big things over that, over that period of time. Mm -hmm. No, I get you on that. Uh so Oscar, 2020, we, we talked about the, all the challenges that we faced in 2020. How has your 25, 30 plus years career, how did it prepare you to deal with what happened in 2020? Yeah, um, well, okay. So I have a saying that we all go through crap, crap stinks, but it's also fertilizer. And how we react- I borrowed that by the way in my class. <laughs> Do it. But I don't give you credit though. <laughs> But you know yeah. how we react to the challenges in life it's up to us and um i've gone through my fair of challenges um and you know personal financially some you know things that i was you know totally screwed up and so forth and here's the thing though and i've also shared this too philip um is that 
I reflect a lot. I have it now over the last, you know, especially the, this last 10 months, on a lot of the lessons that through osmosis I learned from my parents. Mm -hmm. Because my parents, uh, immigrants, they didn't speak English, and they also, blue collar, they never sat down with us at the kitchen table to explain to us, this is, yeah. you know, let's talk about life and this and that yeah. and so yeah. forth. You know, it wasn't the leave it to beaver sort of type yeah. of parents. And so <laughs> I, re I, I reflect back over the last 10 months of how my parents overcame many of the challenges. One of them, for example, is, is that um, my mother, when she initially came to this country, came here undocumented in the border patrol immigration apprehended her three times and sent her back to Mexico. My mom didn't give up. She kept, you know, like somehow I'm gonna jump that fence or swim that river or whatever the heck my mother did, okay? To get a butt over here. But you know how earlier I mentioned how I'm negatively motivated? I don't know, am I, because I never had this conversation with mom. Is it, do I have that spirit of not giving up because of my mom? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's one of those nature and nurture things. Is it innate in you or is it just through observation that right. you picked up that habit? Yeah, exactly. And so my last 20, 25 years of career going through that, going through these challenges and overcoming them and seeing my parents, definitely I had to reach inside of me over the last 10 months to help us overcome some of these insecurities, some of these, like Angelica mentioned, like, oh my gosh, you know, what if we try this and no one shows up, you know, for this webinar or, you know, this and that and so forth. And it's just like, again, it's just those personal experiences and then those observations that I've uh, made of my parents have helped me over the last 10 months. Mm. And what about you? And Oscar, can I ask you a question oh, about sure, that? Sure, I'm jump in. So how much of everybody else in the world being I mean, this is a level playing field that's been that's been created, at least, you know, for whether it be for local areas or states or the entire country. I mean, everybody, obviously, uh, different countries have different economies and the way that things work. But just generally speaking, there's been somewhat of a level playing field. So did that play into anything at all? Like you're talking about having to break ground on new, uh, new habits and breaking out of your comfort zone. But in addition to that, you did you ever think about her or feel a little bit more at ease to take those uh, to take those leaps and to try things out considering the fact that everybody else was dealing with suddenly being on zoom all the time or figuring out virtual backgrounds on zoom to make themselves you know so you can't see all the stuff on the bed behind them or something like that in their you know in their bedroom while they're uh, on, a, on a video call you know at a bit uh Eventually, yes, not initially. It wasn't the inertia, you know, the thing that, that, that got me going. The inertia was just survival mode, right? It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, house is burning and, you know, mom and the kids are in the, in the house and what does mom do? She's gonna grab the kids, man, and protect them, right? And run out. Um, so it's kind of that survival mode instinct. But, but then to your point, and actually, Adam, you're right, it is, realizing afterwards that hey wait a minute oh my gosh we are in this level playing field and now there's some other characteristics that come into play that will help us continue moving forward and in some cases you know um outpacing the competition mm -hmm. that, that that we do mm -hmm. so 
Okay. Hold on real quick to add, sorry, real quick to add something to that because being the person who was, you know, the one person who did have their screen on because I knew that my dad needed to see someone's face in the very beginning to, you know, to be able to crack his jokes and whatnot. I did <laughs> actually take comfort in the fact that, hey, if he messed up, that's fine because no one else is doing this right now. So there was a little bit of that comfort that if, I mean, let's say we did completely, you know, screw up or whatever, no one attended. Hey, no one, everyone else is still in the same boat. And I mean, at the rate we're going, at least we're trying and therefore we'll be two steps ahead. If no one attends a Zoom meeting in the woods, does it really happen? I mean, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, that's a good one, Adam. Yeah. Uh, thanks for chiming in, Angelica. Uh, do, how has your your young career? How what what experience have you had to go through to help you prepare for what happened in twenty twenty? Yeah, well, surprisingly enough, I uh, didn't go to college to you know with the idea that I was going to work for my dad. That was not <laughs> what I had in mind whatsoever. You need to go to um, kindergarten to work for your dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So here, yeah, actually, surprisingly enough, I graduated in 2019, and I was under the impression I was going to go to grad school. Um, I was going to be a college professor and I was going to, you know, there, there was no way like anything my, I did in my life, it wasn't going to, you know, uh, overlap with what my dad was doing. I, that would never, that never even crossed my mind whatsoever. And so all of a sudden I uh, realized, Hey, grad school's not for me. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to keep going. Um, but I, I want to do something. And so, I mean, Whenever, but I, I didn't want to keep stagnant. I wanted to keep moving. And so it was the perfect opportunity to read, to ask my dad, hey, you know, can, I don't even really know what you're doing, but <laughs> can I, can I help you out somehow? And lo and behold, I think it was maybe a whole whopping three months and then COVID hit. And then I was like, oh, wow. So now I'm doing like real, real work. <laughs> and like, this is going to be, not only did I sign up to, you know, do something that I had no idea what I was doing. Now he had no idea what he was doing. So I was like, great, well, we'll figure it out together. And that was kind of, that was the beginning of us working together at Speeda Consulting. So you touched upon uh, wanting to be a college professor someday. But today you are the cultural engagement officer for your dad's company. So tell us about that change. How do you plan to, to, to move from, from where you're at to where you want to be? Uh, I have no idea, but I can give you an educated guess of how I'm going to do that. I mean, for me, it's funny enough, but this isn't really my first time working with my dad. I mean, I've, both my dad and my mom, whenever they were, they've, you know, they started a nonprofit together when I was younger. They've always been involved in the community. So I've always worked with them. I've always been, if there was something, there was a cause, there was something in the community that they believed in and that they wanted, I was at the board meetings with them. I was at the dinner table listening to them, talking to the mayor. I was, and so I was always there in the background. So I was never, I never felt uncomfortable where I was like, oh my God, like working with you, dad, like, I don't know how this is going to work, this partnership, because that partnership was always there from the beginning. And so for me, 
kind of getting, sorry, getting back to your question, um, my background is in kind of ethnic studies and cultural engagement, so to speak. And so for me, it wasn't such a huge jump going from wanting to be a professor to suddenly helping my dad out. I mean, essentially he's creating lesson plans. I mean, if you really want to put it that way, he's still, I always knew I wanted to make an impact. I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I knew I wanted to be an impact and I wanted to connect with people. And I'm doing that now. It may not have been the same way I thought when I graduated that I was going to do it, but I'm doing it. And I think if anything, I mean, that's the, that's the lesson behind the pandemic is that we're gonna do something that we wanted to. We may not get there, you know, the cleanest way, the straightest path, but um, we'll get it done. So, mm. yeah, we'll and, and I have <laughs> you get there. Um, just yeah. a matter of time. Uh, Adam, in in your business, have have you do you use your spouse or your family members at all? As do you incorporate them to your business or help? Nope. You for you for you that's not a line. For you for you that's not worth it. Huh? Uh, you know, uh, it's funny because this sort of connects to the fact that I did think of what the third big challenge would be, and that's having a four-year-old in the house going on five. And, and, and you know, so, so having a home office, we, we, so we adopted a couple years ago. So for the better part of my business, I, it was, there was no, no kid, right? So kids... Kids at that age, they have energy, and, and normally if they go to school, they go out with their friends or whatever it is. It, it was already, as, as, he, as he grew up, right, and he, now he's going to be five years old pretty soon, he is, he's rolled with the punches. He doesn't cry about not being able to go to the trampoline park. He doesn't cry about all this, but he needs to fill that time with something to keep his brain moving here at the house and to keep his energy going. And, you know, um, uh, he's at that age where thankfully we could still work on things like the ABCs and, and reading and, and all that stuff here at the house. I can't do it 90% of the time. I can do it on the weekends. I can try to do it with what I've got left after at the end of the day, but we have my in-laws and my wife and him who are all the rest of the folks, you know, in the, in the house. And, I launched a podcast and in this year and I'm doing a lot more video calls than I've ever done before. And, and, and doing so means not having something that sounds like a baby raptor slamming into the walls <laughs> and screaming in the background. Right. And so, um, so sorry, this was so, so Philip, you, this goes back to the question you were asking. What was the question again? Sorry about that. Question of just using your family members into your business, but you just don't, you just don't cross that line. So what I say is I would love to use my family members to keep a four and a half, five month, five year old busy. That's really how as far as, as long as everybody else can handle those things. Like I'm the only one in the house making money. So I need, I need to have a, a partner in that sense of right. Of, of folks mm -hmm like let making the rest of that stuff run because unfortunately I've got to make sure, I mean, I, I, I sure as heck initially was like, Hey, I don't know what this, this pandemic's going to be like. So I can't, I can't take chances. There was much more internal pressure feeling like if I get too comfortable with this and I don't do even extra stuff, at least that was very much a thing early on. If I don't give it my all plus 10%, and things go sideways, then then I asked for it because this is the scenario right here in this world is, is just really tough. 
And eventually, you know, I learned to sort of ease up on myself and make sure that I gave myself a bit of a break because you, you can't run like that non, non, you know, nonstop. But it certainly means like, again, that ruthless reprioritization of things. How can I make sure that folks understand like, hey, this is a time unlike the, red, the, the, the previous years where I really need more support internally in the house to do these other things because I've got to be there and I've got to be present during those times. If like other things don't get done around the house or other things happen and we've got a hole in the wall because of some you know leak we had in the ceiling or something like that, look, we can deal with that at some point in time. Nobody's going to die because of that. And nobody's going to die if the business doesn't make money, but it certainly will make life harder to make sure everybody's fed and, and that sort of, you know, stuff. So that's the type of support that really became a, a bigger point of discussion internally from ha having family help support that. I see. Yeah. So it's uh, supporting your business uh, indirectly, but not directly hands on. Mm -hmm. um, we have a question from a, an anonymous LinkedIn user. And uh, so obviously 20, you know, we're, we're 2020 is coming to an end and your, the plans for 2021, they're asking, it's obvious. I would think it's just to scale the business. But the question is how? How do you plan? And give us some insight here uh, without giving too much yeah. <laughs> too much of the secret sauce. But how do you plan to grow and scale your business in 2021 as we're nearing uh, the end of COVID, it seems like, as well? Yeah. So one of the things that I am going to be doing here in 2021 is to be um, to, to develop strate uh, strategic partnerships I give a lot, I do a lot of training, I share a lot of tips and so forth, and I will continue to do that. But also, in order for us to really maximize our impact internationally, even more so, I have to identify some partners where there is an alignment of the trainings that they provide and I provide, and then also they have the audience that can help us take this uh, uh, even even more so and, and grow. Um, and so, so that's one. The second uh, thing is is that, <clears throat> excuse me, really also looking at monetizing or the online trainings that we have right now. Uh, we have uh, an online training platform, but. Um, we need to do a better job on um, monetizing that and figuring out, again, to Angelica's point, what is the right content yeah. for the audience. And then the third thing is, and this is more kind of a, on a personal, but it also does help the business. I, I have been in the back of my mind and even started just barely. I actually um, want to write my book uh, next year. I have awesome. a book in mind, and so I want to do that. Yeah, that would be a huge accomplishment. And, and the strategy you have for 2021 – is uh, it's a strategy that I, I would recommend to anyone. And the first one is you said you talk about leverage your existing uh, contacts and your existing relationships. And as an entrepreneur, you, there's you can only do so much as uh, as one person or within your company. And hiring people is expensive. Mm -hmm. It's expensive hiring people. But if you leverage the contacts, the, the existing contacts, uh, contacts you already have, you already have relationships with them. And you grow by leveraging that those relationships. I mean, that's what you preach, and that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that I really recommend that I like what Oscar's talked about as well is repurposing content you already have to monetize it. Yes. Uh, you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. For example, this podcast, 
previous podcasts, I, I don't think they're one and done, right? right? I mean, no, you, no. you 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 capture them, you record them for a reason, yeah. and so that they can be repurposed yes. or mashed together, or use or spice it, or use the content somehow. Yes. And so I, I think uh, I, I I mean those those are, are I think uh, prudent uh, strategies. Um, what about uh, as we're coming to an end here, Adam? Uh, what about you? What how do you plan to uh, scale your business in twenty twenty one? Um. So so, in addition to investing in the business, I invested into myself in the sense that I actually use some of my funds for um, personal executive coaching and. Um, that's to, that's for a number of different reasons, but one is, uh, in order to help me build out my personal platform more and that, that personal platform as, as you know, Oscar can attest helps feed the rest of the business, regardless of whether you have a, a superstar like Angelica or you have, you know, five or six people, uh, or 10 or 20 people or however many people working with you, you've got to keep the pipeline going and keep work going on over there. And in my position, a lot of that has to do with, you know, sales uh, and marketing as well, um, which is all again, related to the, to the relationship aspect. So 2021 is where the investment into developing out the personal platform needs to manifest itself and then be put into to real action. Um, and, and continue to, uh, you know, somebody said recently, there's the baby raptor, by the way. Um, somebody said recently, the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, if you've got the right folks in there and you trust them, a leader needs to to let folks do those do their thing and step back, trusting that if they run into an issue, that they'll come and let you know. And again, being put in that position more and more right now to make sure that everything is being done within the business. Um, I hope to give more and more responsibility to those teammates to do the things that they do and in, in invest that trust into them. Um, because uh, in, anytime they can do that means I get to relinquish some of my time to go do these other things that I need to do. And it's a reciprocal, you know, relationship. So it, it's the investment into those folks and an investment into manifesting that, that personal platform that I've got going, you know, going on uh, to, uh, to feed that cycle there. If you can see the commonalities in those two responses there, it's leveraging your existing resources that yeah. you have. And in Adam's case, because he, he has a team that that, uh, that he that works for him, um, he's delegating his responsibilities because there's only so many hours you have in the day. So I, that's, I think that's a good uh, time for us to wrap this up. And uh, thank you so much for joining um, the podcast and, uh, and your questions as well, too. Um, have a great evening, everyone. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspedaconsulting.com.